Welcome to Pharmacy View Podcast, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key people within Australian pharmacy and the associated global industry. In this stream of podcast episodes titled Rx to Riches, we delve into the evolving global pharmacy landscape, exploring the challenges and opportunities, and examining the current state of retail pharmacy across the globe. With each guest, we discuss the hurdles they face and the potential growth areas that may shape a brighter future for your pharmacy or industry-related business. I'm your host, Michael Alexander, pharmacist, digital health enthusiast, and co-founder of Ottery, an AI-powered communication intelligence platform serving the healthcare industry across the globe. My guest today is proudly brought to you by Shopfront Solutions. For all your shelf and digital marketing needs, part of the Arion Technologies Group. Please note that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any company or organization. To me, there's always um, there's always more ideas, but and there's not enough time to get them done, nor enough uh, effort. Uh, not, to, I mean. I think Med Savvy was was certainly brilliant, but uh, as are you, Sean. But they're, um, you know, just as a counter as a counter to that in a way. Like I, I think there's, you know, if you find yourself facing those those situations and you have lost some IP or some placement, I think there's always an opportunity to solve a problem in a new and different way. And there are ways that you can, you know, you can get up, get back out there. So perhaps perhaps that is a little optimism on my side, but you know I've I've certainly had that happen before where I've lost uh, ideas of my own, and it makes me feel better knowing you know what that was the only idea that maybe they could have, but I've got so many more. I can I can build something else. Welcome to the RX to Riches podcast. My guests today are Nicole Cathcart and Sean Karbowitz, co-founders of the digital medication support solution MedSavvy. Well, Nicole, I want to ask you before you jump in, because you're on the other side of the table, right? You have to tell Sean, hey, yeah, nice idea, but maybe we can go this way, you know, instead. So, you know, that's your job, right? To kind of, you know, kind of put him in the right, on the right track or a track he may not want to go down. So tell me about, you know, did that happen? Maybe it didn't happen. Maybe you guys are always kind of really aligned. Um, but did it happen? And how you, you know, how you phrase that and how you kind of work together? Um, you know, it's always hard to tell a founder, eh, you know, maybe you should try something different. Uh, I don't think it was ever put as nicely as nice idea, but we should try something different. Um, you know, I, I, I think we created an environment where I hope I, I felt, and I think Sean did too. I mean, we all felt comfortable sharing what we thought was best, and comfort. We were all comfortable fighting for what we thought was best, and we would have uh, constant design sessions. We'd have two-hour sessions where we'd have a topic and we would just beat it to death. And you know, sometimes uh, we didn't walk out really feeling good about things, and we opened, you know, more. Pandora's boxes than we solved or whatever, but um, there were definitely moments where we hit on some amazing things through that process of really questioning everything. Um, we didn't know any better than Sean. We had some methodologies that we wanted to test the idea against in order to make it um, you know, better and better, right? So 
Um, in general, you know, as someone who's who's coached a lot of entrepreneurs, there is very rarely is that uh, no nice idea, but no, we're doing something else. It's more okay. That's that's what you're thinking now. What about all these things? How do you answer these questions? Right? It's about getting everyone in the room to think differently about the problem. And yeah, maybe you're trying to guide people towards what you think is the solution, but at the same time, you have to always keep your mind open to. You know, maybe someone else is going to say something. I, I think maybe I think I know the best, but like Sean said, someone says something, and I'm like, oh, that is the better idea. So, so let's let's pull that. Um, so you you have to be open to that process. It's very much the old like improv, like yes and, like yes, that's fine, that's great, but let's do better. Let's keep adding and refining or refining probably more appropriately till we get to what the true thing is that answers the problem that we're really trying to solve. Uh, I like that analogy, you know, more improv, maybe jazz. It's a little bit of jazz, you know, improvisation. Um, but I think one thing we, we, uh, we kind of skipped over is, you know, we kind of talked about the initial idea, talked a little bit about how successful MedSavvy became, but obviously there's this not all puppies and rainbows, right? There is a lot of obstacles and challenges uh, about, you know, in creating a solution like this. So Nicole, I'll start with you, not only Med Savvy, but obviously, you know, you, you've launched multiple uh, different platform solutions and, and coached other entrepreneurs. What were the key challenges here or just in general that you see from getting from just ideation to, yeah, we've got something and we're getting some product market fit here? Um, well, I think one consistent theme is like, there's there's no such thing as like overnight success. Everything takes way longer than you think it's going to take. <laughs> uh, you uh, you think you've hit something, and you just you maybe you have had a breakthrough, but it's not the it's not it yet. Um, it it takes a tremendous amount of persistence and perseverance to uh, to be an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, right? Um, you feel like giving up a lot. You feel like it's not going to work. And then you remember, you know, why you're in the first place, what you're passionate about and who you're solving problems for. And then the next day you try again, uh, you get shot down. I mean, rejection is normal, right? Whether that's uh, funding or sales or even users, right? I mean, you just will never win everything. You will, you will always lose some of it. And you just have to get used to that and be like, no, that wasn't, that wasn't the right person or that it wasn't the right time. And, and you, you have to keep going. Um, I think the, uh, probably for, for intrapreneurship and building something like med savvy, um, you know, one of the things that was the most challenging was, um, the amount of control you really do relinquish to what that vision is, right? I mean, we uh, we had huge huge vision for what that could be, but it wasn't right for the company at the time, right? And other people certainly get to make those decisions, and it's not like we could be like, oh, we're going to go find another funder then that wants to do this differently. You know, that was going to be the trajectory. Um, and we could we could fight and fight and fight. And I know Sean did a whole lot more of that than I ever did, ultimately. Um, but, you know, even early in its life, there was a lot of that, right? Trying to fight for the soul of what it was supposed to be and what it could be and the potential that it had. Um, yeah, so that that part was uh, was certainly <laughs> was certainly a challenge. Um, 
I didn't, I had the luxury of not having as much of a challenge of trying to do my day job as well as do this. I mean, I certainly had other things to do, but the more successful we got, the more I was allowed to spend time on it. Um, so I don't know if, if Sean faced that, but that's certainly a big, big challenge for people that are doing side of the desk and, and for entrepreneurs who are trying to build a company while you have a full-time job, you know, that's, it's always that, that conflict between the things that pay the bills and what you really want to do or what you see as being transformative personally and to the world. Um, so that's perhaps a little bit more about the, the internal journey of the entrepreneur, but I, I certainly have felt that I imagine that Sean has as well. Yeah. And then, you know, from the, some of the external challenges too, um, it, I've had conversations with, many entrepreneurs since the you know med savvy days since um even when i was there and then um obviously after as well and it, some some lessons you kind of have to learn on your own is what i what i've come to come to understand uh, because it, to to nicole's point you might have an idea and the entrepreneur is driving through all the roadblocks you're rejected routinely you know that there's obstacles you have to overcome and there's naysayers and you you have to push through those and and then there's the harsh realities of certain circumstances that you're you know there's some there's some boulders that you're not going to be able to break you might have to go around them and it's been interesting kind of talking to certain on you know entrepreneurs about their view of the healthcare system or you know how reimbursement and kind of how things work and data in uh, uh data infrastructure and privacy rules and people sometimes overestimate or they underestimate the challenges they sort of overestimate their confidence and their ability to get through some of those things and and i just have to smile and say well that's that's cute good good luck <laughs> You need a like a healthy amount of you need, you need a healthy amount of confidence going into these situations. You know, we're lucky we had someone on our team, uh, Max Max Janicek, um, who is exceptionally good at um, at getting around, um, doing everything above board, but was very creative about overcoming obstacles. Yes. Um, uh, and that was very very useful through these processes um, to have people that were. Uh, that we're willing to continue on those those fights because, uh, I mean, data connectivity. I mean, there are so many things that are really challenging to do in healthcare. And the more you're in it, the more jaded you get. Uh, so you need you need that you know somewhere in between. Like, don't be naive about it, but also like you gotta you gotta try. You gotta try new things and try new partnerships and yeah. think of different ways to do things. Well. On that note, actually, uh, Sean, you said something very interesting in our pre-meeting, uh, a turn of phrase, which um, <laughs> I want to kind of explore a little bit further, which is the risk of going all in. And I think this uh, really kind of dovetails, dovetails nicely with what we're talking about. So, so talk to me about the risk of going all in. So there's some practical uh, aspects of, of um going all in and and I, and I and whether it's you know whether it's a, an idea that you're trying to be an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur for your own idea ex, you know outside of a large company and you you own it um there's just i i'd maybe put these into a couple of different buckets you know one is just the human element of who are you as a person 
And if you so closely associate yourself with your career, your job, that's just one facet of who you are as a person. And I, I think for me, I, I probably overshot that a little bit uh, at, at certain points in my career. And, you know, when I meet people, I'm like, hi, I'm Sean, the pharmacist, you know, um, and, and no, I'm more than that. You know, I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a husband. Um, I'm, I've got friends. I have a, a son and a, and a sibling. And so I think that's just, you know, a personal aspect that um, we just have to be careful of with any career and going all in because the reality is, you know, these are businesses. And unless you're, you know, doing this for fun, you know, most of us are doing this for money. And we kind of have to have a balance of, of like, how much do I, how much of myself do I, do I give? Now, that being said, we, we, what was phenomenal was to be able to leverage a lot of my prior experience and all, a lot of my capabilities up to that point and bring it into med savvy. So that was just super fulfilling and validating of the, of the, the work that we we had been doing as a team at the health plan, you know, my other colleagues and I very, very validated. And then also personally, um, I think there's also some, you know, some pragmatic um, aspects to consider too, which is if you're an employee for, of a company, you know, you, the time you use, uh, you know, the, the, the devices and the equipment you use to kind of helps determine if who owns that time they're paying you for your time and your ideas and your your brain power so um you know if you, you, you it's it's a it's something that i think other uh, others should be mindful of and if you kind of sign everything over to that company and they go a different direction well then you know that's that's what what you signed up for now in, in retrospect i think for me it was a wonderful opportunity i wouldn't trade it for the world i'm glad i did it um, and I'm glad we have, have had the impact we did, but, but there's some elements of that control and direction. There's more, I believe there's more work that could be done. There's more impact we can have. And that is a regret of mine is that I didn't position myself or others in such a way to be able to deliver that impact that I think is still possible. Um, so I, I, I do think that that's a, a concern that people need to need to think about. Um, who are you who are you trusting and what are you trusting them with? Um, and it's a balance. I guess I, in some ways I come at it from a different perspective, just having worked uh, in innovation for so long, kind of trafficking in ideas. To me, there's always um, there's always more ideas, but and there's not enough time to get them done, nor enough uh, effort. Uh, not, I mean, I, I think Med Savvy was was certainly brilliant, but uh, as are you, Sean. But there, um, you know, just as a counter, as a counter to that, in a way, like I, I think there's, you know, if you find yourself facing those those situations and you have lost some IP or some placement, I think there's always an opportunity to solve a problem in a new and different way. And there are ways that you can, you know, you can get up, get back out there. So perhaps, perhaps that is a little optimism on my side. But you know, I've I've certainly had that happen before where I've lost uh, ideas of my own, and it makes me feel better knowing, you know, what that was the only idea that maybe they could have, but I've got so many more. I can I can build something else. I, I totally, totally agree, Nicole. I think um, I, I, at, in the moment I. I was kind of in despair of, of like, wait a minute, where's, where's this going? This isn't where I wanted to go. I'm not going to be able to, to do the thing that I wanted to do. But to your point in retrospect, 
I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, now kind of stepping away for, for a couple of years, I have the confidence that, yeah, no, I've, I've got plenty of ideas and there's many more that I'm, I'm able to develop and work on. And it's just a, it's just a word of, of caution of, of, you know, if you can avoid a pothole, don't step in it or don't, don't drive in it if, if possible. So just be mindful of it. Um, and, and again, I think, but it's, but that idea of a person going all in of themselves and having such high hopes and kind of clinging to or trusting that, you know, you're, you're, you're the company or the other, you know, and I've talked to multiple people in, in various industries who have had a financial partner back out at them at the wrong moment, make a poor decision. Um, you know, maybe it had, maybe someone made a decision that had nothing to do with the business, but they made a poor personal decision that, tr that ruined your chances of success. So, the risk is often worth taking. It's just important, I think, to have that mindfulness of how much of me is wrapped up in this. And if things go sideways, you know, how, how, how much of my heart is going to be impacted by this? And just make sure that you can, you can live with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of not defining yourself on whatever happens with your company, which is very hard to do when you're an entrepreneur and you are the company for, for many years and it becomes your baby. So, but you do need to step, a, step away and say, well, I'm more than just this thing that I've created. You know, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, whatever it is, um, which is easier said than done, I guess, in many respects. So, uh, but you, and, and just so, so our listeners um, are clear, med savvy, what ultimately happened it achieved a lot of success very quickly, but ultimately was absorbed into, I suppose you'd say, the wider sort of tech stack of, uh, of Cambia. And so the, the spirit, the functionality still lives, but not as a distinct entity anymore. So um, I think that that was sort of the conclusion. And, and Sean, you mentioned, felt a little bit of despair uh, about that, even though it, it kind of, it did live on, but in a different form, but obviously, you know, I, I guess you asked the question, uh, and I'll ask for both of you, um, Sean, you first, what would you have done differently, if anything, now that you have time to, to look back on it? Yeah, it's it's a great question, and, and um, it's it's definitely something I, I, I've grappled with, because on, on one hand, you know, if we did more of the same, would we end up in the same spot? Um, you know, I... I I can't pinpoint, you know, one specific thing that I, that I would do differently, but I would say if, um, yeah, it's a real, it's a real challenging question. Like, actually, I don't know. We might want to re, <laughs> I might want to do over with that answer. <laughs> it's such, that is such a hard question because I think Sean, if you and I were to do this now, it would be a totally different product. You know what I mean? Like the experience of having gone through it certainly changed me as a, as a person. It's changed my skill set. So many different things going, going through that. Uh, so it's hard to say that I regret something in the macro. I mean, there are plenty of small moments that I regret, but, but nothing really big because uh, I mean, I, I think we, we, our hearts were always in the right place for what this was. It was never about us being like professionally successful. It was like, we're going to build this awesome thing and it's going to help people. It's going to change things. Like that's, that's the perspective we had. And I think as long as we had that and we did what we could to the, you know, the top of our abilities at the time, then 
like what what could we have done differently really yeah it's it it is it is a really difficult question to to answer and i think looking back in retrospect you know you there's some of the coulda woulda shouldas but it's probably a, a question that actually that's better not answered and it's maybe a better question to to think about okay knowing what i know learn learning what i've learned what can i do now um because time does change circumstances do change um and i i, I definitely think that in if i were to try to solve that same problem now i would approach it differently um, simply because there's new learnings, there's new technology, um, there's new capabilities, how we build things um, and how people interact with technology is different. The, the market of pharmacists, if you will, the healthcare ecosystem has changed. So um, yeah, it would, it's, it's a difficult question to look, to say, how, how would I go back and do things differently? Um, I wouldn't change the experience, um, but, um, but certainly going forward, if I were to start today, things would be different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I look, a lot of entre entrepreneurs would be thrilled with the success that you both had with MedSavvy. So, you know, it's, it's one thing, you know, to put into context, of course, you'd, you'd want things to maybe turn out a little bit differently or, or go a different direction, but the success you had, I think was, was tremendous um, within a, you know, a very kind of challenging environment for innovation, let's face it. in when you're dealing with, um, innovating within large companies. But I agree, let's let's look to the future, a little bit more hopeful bend, and uh, maybe talk about other gaps you see, whether it's in pharmacy care or healthcare in general, that can be filled with digital solutions like MedSavvy. So Sean, I'll start with you. You know, you kind of started talking about, well, if, if, I, if I was doing it now, obviously there's new technologies and, and things are different. So have you kind of thought about different gaps, different areas? Um, that you might want to, you know, maybe uh, try your hand in in the future. I mean, there's there's this idea, yeah. I, I, there's an idea of of personalization, and you know, that's that's what we all talk about in healthcare is personalized healthcare. And but the the reality is when that's the goal, but what tends to come out of it is um, very uh, um, similar impersonal care because we have a technology that has now replaced what maybe should be an interaction of a person who can actually help navigate someone's care um so again i don't want to be a, a negative here but what i but, but that is a risk when we start to rely on technology people assume that the technology is going to replace the person and i and and i and i would strongly advise against that and i, I i'm looking at um, it, how, how can we, how can we personalize care thoughtfully and maybe scale again, kind of sort of scale, um, pharmacists and, and healthcare workers. So thinking about, um, make using technology as more of an extension for ourselves, not for things like that are added on like administration, um, you know, checking boxes um, and people who work in healthcare understand what I'm saying when I talk about administrative burden of getting things done. And that seems to be what technology tends to do in many cases. I think there's an opportunity to be disruptive in terms of scaling the impact that a, a, a clinician has. And the way to do that is through personalization, almost you know, make me more accessible as a pharmacist, frankly. Right. Like I, how, how can I 
work more closely with an individual patient and have the technology behind me and support me so that I look smarter, I'm more responsive, et cetera, but I'm still as the pharmacist front and center. I think the opposite of what tends to happen is the technology is between me and the, and the patient. And that isn't, isn't necessarily beneficial or personalization. Yeah, Nicole, I'd love to get your viewpoint as well about some of the key trends that technologies in the digital health space that you feel will have a, a major impact in the coming years. You know, uh, personalization, obviously um, a huge area, you know, trying to solve the interoperability problem and sharing data. You know, those are kind of some of the, the, the big rock items. But I'm just curious from your vantage point and having your hand in a lot of different uh, types of um, sectors and, and healthcare activities, you know, what do you feel are the, are the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest the trends uh, in the coming years? Well, I don't think we could uh, have this conversation without mentioning AI a couple of times, right? Um, I, I think, you know, just building off of what Sean said, I think that that concept of human, like remembering what the human interactions need to be like is even more important as, as we're trying to add AI to everything. And there's so much potential for bad information being out there and for those, um, you know, those artificial conversations being uh, falling very short of the empathy and the meaning that happens in, in, you know, human interactions. Um, I think, uh, you know, that that's an area I, I am very interested in. I mean, AI spans so many different sec sectors within healthcare or segments of healthcare. Um, but, you know, I, I think if we can do more of what, uh, what kind of what Metsavi was trying to do and what so many so many solutions are trying to do, which is make meaning out of data. You know, healthcare is so obtuse sometimes intentionally, right? So AI has the potential to add a lot of transparency and ease user experience uh, in those areas. Um, and whether that's internally, like I, I think, Sean, that's some of what you're talking about is like, how do we take some of that burden of, of process and administration away from people that are actually delivering care, right? Um, so same thing, I'm, I'm interested on the consumer side, like how do you use it to change, materially change how consumers are interacting with the healthcare system, how they are uh, empowering themselves with the right information at the right time. Um, I'm personally very interested in the caregiving and age tech sector. I think that's an area that's just going to blow up <laughs> uh, incredibly in, especially in the, in the next, well, less than 10 years. Um, areas that I think there's a, a ton of additional investment and technology that's needed um, uh, to, to change what those experiences look like for people. Uh, right. Um, so so yeah, I mean, the more the more consumer, my my short answer on interoperability as a non technical person is, the more consumers are actually engaged in healthcare, and the more they demand the solutions because they're not really demanding them yet. This is not what demand looks like, uh, but the more that they can't function without access to their data and the right information, uh, the more power we give to them. Um, the easier inter interoperability is going to be, right? The the systems are going to follow the the people, and maybe the people have to affect government and laws first. But it's going to start with the people because then too many entities are fine with the way things are now. Yeah, and I and really, really like um, what you said about 
using AI really to almost supercharge providers uh, and extend their reach rather than trying to replace the very important role that providers have in, in communicating to patients with, you know, chatbots or, or things like that, which, you know, personally, I, I can't stand when, you know, I see those sort of AI chatbots trying to give medical or wellness advice. You know, there, there's a, there's a level, uh, I guess, but it has to always, you know, be in service of the provider patient relationship and, and really cater to the patients. And, and I think there's a huge opportunity in my mind, you know, being, a I guess, the next pharmacist, I'm still a pharmacist, but you know, that uh, to, to think outside the, the sort of four walls of, of retail space, you know, how do I extend my reach, uh, you know, to really meet those patients where they are like, leveraging AI and the new technology. Sean, would you agree? A absolutely. And I think we have to acknowledge what we've, what we've learned over the past few years and uh, in, in healthcare with COVID, it's hard not to talk about COVID, just like it's hard not to talk about AI. And it's hard not to talk about health equity when we talk about healthcare and health delivery. And and one of the things that um, you know, med savvy uh, in our med savvy experience, you know, we we tried to design med savvy to be used by everyone and anyone. And that's that was a, a it's a challenge to do that in healthcare because people are so different and they have such different preferences and and where they are and things like that. So, is there a way that um, you know, we could we could meet more more people, sort of acknowledging the the differences and their not just preferences, but also the their cultural view of the world, their socioeconomic view of the world, their values. Um, and so, when we think about personalization, sometimes it's not just it's not just health personalization of these are my diseases and who I am, but also who am I as a person and how can we um, again meet those people meet people where they are. Um, you know, any, any whether it's people in rural areas or people in urban areas or, um, you know, people who are new to our very confusing healthcare system uh, and, and coming to the country and not speaking English as their first language. Um, those are all circumstances where, you know, maybe technology can help us fill a gap. And, and you're, I think the word you use, supercharge, uh, you know, the health, health provider. And I think we need to look at that really carefully. Um, Oftentimes what I find is, is when we get into these circles of digital innovation, it's people designing for ourselves and, and people we went to college with. And, you know, the, that, that's who kind of who we have in mind. And that's not always the healthcare consumer that we need to be solving for. I, I think or I hope that that what you're saying, uh, you know, and the truth, the, the idea of all these different segments and people really appreciating health equity more than they have in the past really opens up the field of what is possible to build, right? Think like you, like you said, okay, here's a lesson learned from MedSavvy and we should have designed it for a more specific audience, right? Because we could have, um, you know, maybe, maybe that would have been, um, you know, a, um, you know, a magnet for, for them to explode beyond what, what, what happened, you know, I mean, this is pretty standard startup advice, right? You start with uh, a really engaged, uh, small, narrow market. Um, and maybe, you know, people really internalizing health equity and understanding that these are real meaningful differences between populations that can impact health if they're appreciated and designed for 
will result in, you know, different people designing solutions, uh, right? Maybe they design them for their families, but they don't look like our families. They look like different families. And that is all good. It's only, I mean, that, that only raises all boats, right? We have new and interesting ideas and those can grow together and merge together and the whole industry can change. Well, on the, uh, on that note of lessons learned, my last question uh, to you both, what advice would you offer both individual entrepreneurs or maybe even organizations uh, that are looking to innovate in the digital health field, whether pharmacy or some other solution, uh, what advice would you give somebody or some buddies uh, when, if they're looking to start this journey? And Nicole, I'll start with you and then I'll end with Sean. Oof. There's so many different things. Um, I mean, stay curious. That's a, that's a really good place to start. Be patient. <laughs> um, you know, be open, be open-minded, right? I mean, you're to some degree, you're trying to paddle the boat the way, where you want. And sometimes you just have to kind of go with the current. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it is a journey. Um, you know, I, I think, I just want to say, I, I think it's, it's very funny to me that, um, that Sean introduced himself at the beginning as a skeptic, uh, because I think what he meant to say was a scientist, uh, because I think that is the the mentality, um, and that um, that does uh, that does work really well with innovation. So you know maybe another part of this is um, you know looking looking for the unexpected innovators within your organization. Right? There's no like profile for what that person looks like. Everyone can be that person with these things, with curiosity and persistence, right? I mean, you you find people that can help you along the way and you take your their advice and you just keep going. I think it's hard to, ar- I agree with everything Nicole said. And I, I think it's, it's hard to argue with someone who's focused on a customer and is really keeping the, the problem that the customer has front and center and regardless of the environment you're in, whether it's an entrepreneurship or an entrepreneurship, you know, if you're seeking funding, if you really understand the problem that you're trying to solve, and it's not your problem, it's someone else's problem. You're bringing a solution. Um, I think as long as you have a really thorough understanding of that problem and this and how your solution is going to solve, solve it better than any other, it's really hard to argue against that. And I, and that to me is, is, um, is, is really powerful. And, you know, in any environment, whether you're an entrepreneur or even just in your regular day job, uh, you know, improving, improving for the customer, improving for the patient. Yeah. And I think really, as I reflecting back on our conversation about the story of MedSavvy, to me, it's a story, not so much of a triumph of hope over skepticism, but more of a study and maybe hopeful skepticism. I don't know if maybe there's a better way to turn a phrase, but that's kind of what, what occurred to me as uh, you both were talking. But um, but I just want to say congrats on all your success. I can't wait to see what you both do next uh, in this field. So Nicole and Sean, we'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment if you found this episode of value or have any feedback. Podcast episodes are promoted through social media, LinkedIn, YouTube, and major podcast mediums. 
And each episode can be found on the Pharmacy View webpage with links to guest contact and business details. If you're a pharmacist or industry support supplier and would like to join us on an episode, send us a message through LinkedIn or complete the inquiry form on the Pharmacy View webpage. I'm your host, Michael Alexander, pharmacist and co-founder of the communication intelligence platform, Ottery. On behalf of Shopfront Solutions and Arion Technologies, thanks again for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast.